Hello everyone, my name is Haley Elizabeth, and if you don't know who I am, this is my true crime podcast where once a week I sit down and I talk about all things true crime, ranging from murders, disappearances, cults, all the way to the biggest drug bust in history, the biggest bank heist in history, all things true crime. So if you're interested in any of that, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and watch the visual version every Wednesday, or you could head over to Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts and listen to the audio version every Tuesday. Now today we are going to be talking about the case of Christian Obumselli. Now there is a lot to get through so we're just gonna hop right into it. Courtney Cleaney was born on April 21st 1996 in Austin Texas to her mom Deborah, her dad Kim, and her sister Morgan. When she was young she definitely had pretty privilege. She had blue eyes, blonde hair, and she would definitely use it to her advantage. And since she was conventionally good looking uh, this is what kind of kick-started her modeling and acting career in high school and was even reading scripts for Fox shows or getting callbacks for Michael Bay films. So she was pretty successful in like trying to get work when she was in high school and then that is when she changed her stage name from Courtney Cleaney to Courtney Taylor. But with being in the film industry, whether it be acting or modeling, there is a lot of pressure to look a certain way and so because of this she developed a lot of issues with her self-image and her body but instead of it becoming a bad habit, she turned it into a positive and really started to get into fitness at the age of 18 years old. After high school, she attempted at going to college at the Santa Monica Community College, but only went for a year and a half, then realized just college wasn't for her. She didn't really thrive in a classroom setting, but she really did have a love for fitness, and so she dedicated all of her life to that and being a fitness instructor, as well as dabbling still in a little bit of modeling and acting. And even though she was into fitness, from what I could see in the very beginning of her fitness journey, she wasn't really doing it for approval. Like her posts were truly about fitness and health. She would give like low carb or vegetarian recipes to people on her Instagram. She would talk about her diet plans, her workouts. Like she was genuinely a fitness creator. As her career started to take off in the fitness world, she traveled to and from Los Angeles often and even did workout videos for the Gold's Gym in Venice. For those who don't know, Gold's Gym is a very elite gym with celebrities like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Keanu Reeves, like a lot of really big celebrities go to this gym. But although on the outside, Courtney seemed to be really thriving in her career, behind the scenes, she was struggling a lot, especially with her drinking habits. And in 2018, she was in a car crash and was being sued by a Texan woman for personal injury, property damage, and vehicle loss, but it was all later dismissed. And then it was in 2019, the following year, when Courtney, who was 23, met Christian Obumselli. Christian Obumselli grew up in Dallas with his mom, his grandma, his brother, and his sister. He was definitely a mama's boy and was closest with his mom and grandma. His extended family was from Nigeria and he would frequently visit his family, but he wouldn't really talk about his family very often with Courtney. He was described by other family and friends to be very warm, very loving, and had such a bright personality. He was also insanely smart. He was very into crypto and stocks, and in order to get into like anything like that, you do need a really good understanding of finances, and Christian was making a really good living off of it. It was the following year in 2020 where, you know, everybody was staying home, it was the pandemic, and this was also the rise of OnlyFans. Everybody was doing OnlyFans, 
and not only was everybody doing it, a lot of people were making millions off of it and Courtney was one of them. It was believed that Courtney's OnlyFans, she was making upwards to $30,000 a month as well as reaching 2 million followers on Instagram. And so because of her insane income, Courtney was definitely the breadwinner when it came to her and Christian. She was bringing in tons of money and support for the both of them. The Miami State's Attorney's Office actually said that Courtney earned $1,806,000 from OnlyFans in the year of 2021 and then made $966,000 in 2020. So nearly a million dollars annual income every year. But although, again, Courtney seemed to be doing very well financially and career-wise behind the scenes, it was definitely not like that. And the couple's relationship started to become very rocky starting in November of 2020. They had an apartment together in Austin, Texas, where one neighbor who lived with them said that they were casual friends with them and he would, you know, often go over there just to hang out. But he did recall a couple of times where the police had to be called on them due to their constant fighting. And furthermore, he would even go on to say that sometimes they would even drag their fights to his apartment. Like, for example, this one time when Courtney and Christian were fighting, during an argument, a tiger painting flew off of the wall and out the window and landed on his 10th floor balcony and even said, quote, Behind closed doors, we just started hearing some shouting, yelling. We don't know who was starting what. We didn't get a lot of context. We'd hear some glasses break, some banging on the walls, the floors. Not sure who was doing it. And then the following year in July of 2021, Courtney was charged with domestic battery after throwing a glass at Christian's head in their hotel room following an argument. Christian filed a police report saying that the couple got into it and after their argument, he just decided to sleep on the couch but he was woken up in the middle of the night by Courtney telling him to come back to bed but he said no because he hadn't processed the fight yet and he was still pretty angry about it and so because he wouldn't come back to bed Courtney got very mad at him and this then started up another argument and this argument ended in Courtney throwing a glass cup at his head. Courtney was questioned but said that it wasn't that big of a deal because she quote throws stuff at him all the time And then at the end, she told the police that it was actually self-defense because Christian had pushed her, grabbed her hair, and pressed his fist into her neck, which makes no sense considering that Christian was peacefully sleeping in the first place. But nonetheless, both were arrested for mutual domestic abuse. Courtney was charged, but the charges were later dropped because Christian just didn't want to press charges against her. Then the following year in January of 2022, the couple decided that they no longer wanted to live in Austin, Texas, and so they packed up all their things and moved to a luxury Miami apartment called One Periso. And the couple had visited Miami a couple of times in the past, and they absolutely loved Miami. They loved Florida in general, and it was their dream to move there, and so they thought, you know, we're at a rough spot right now. Maybe we need a change of scenery. Maybe we just need to get out of Texas, and so they did, but unfortunately, living in the new city did not really 
really help their relationship at all and the couple began to fight more and more. There were many occasions where neighbors would hear constant yelling, fighting, Courtney kicking Christian out of the apartment and then a couple days later he would return again just to be kicked out again. There were also many occasions where the police were called as well. And as I was saying earlier, Courtney had an on and off relationship when it came to substance abuse and there was actually another report that showed that on September 16th of 2020, she was arrested for a DUI but later got out of that DUI. And then on April 3rd of 2022, um, this particular day starts off as just a normal day. Christian and Courtney spent the morning playing with her dogs before Christian left at around 1.15 p.m. to take the dogs out and ride his bike around the city while Courtney stayed home. Courtney called Christian at 4.02 p.m. but he didn't pick up so instead she went on Instagram live for about 20 minutes. I'll leave the full 20-minute live down below, but I'll just give you the highlights, basically. She starts off by talking about her nails, and then she talks about how she's pro-police, and then, weirdly, in the same breath as she says she's pro-police, she then says that she has been failed by the police so many times. She then talks about how you don't need a boyfriend, which is very odd, considering she has one. She then goes on to talk about her summer plans, and then someone in the chat says something like, oh, what kind of work have you had done? And then she goes to say that she has had no work done on herself, only her lips. And it's so ironic when she's saying this because she literally has the craziest face altering filter on during this Instagram live. It's like one of those filters where you have like a very tiny skinny nose and like huge lips, just like extremely unnatural looking. That is what she was wearing as she was like, oh yeah, I've never had work done. She also continues to say how she would be a hot aunt and how she's only a little lesbian. Then at the end of the live, that is when Christian comes home at around 4.32 p.m. with Subway sandwiches for him and Courtney. And then she says at the end of the live that she's gonna go so she can eat her sandwich and that's when the Instagram live ends. After this live ends, about 30 minutes later, that is when the police receive a phone call at 4.57 p.m. from Courtney Cleaney screaming at the top of her lungs and crying to the police saying that her boyfriend Christian had been stabbed to death after a fight that they had. On the call, you can actually hear Christian speaking in the background, meaning he is fully present during this entire occurrence and he says, quote, I'm gonna die, I can't feel my arm, with Courtney replying with, quote, baby, I am so sorry before the call is dropped about 10 seconds later. There was other neighbors as well that made calls to the police because there were a lot of disturbances coming from the other side. They also contacted the apartment security to see what was going on. And from what we know of the phone records is that prior to calling the police, Courtney had actually called her mom at 4.43 p.m., 10 minutes after Christian walked in with the sandwiches. The call with the mom lasted six minutes and then Courtney hung up and then called back immediately at 4.49 p.m. And then that call lasted about seven minutes before she called the police at 4.57 p.m. And when she called the police, they arrived at 5.04 p.m. As far as the crime scene, the crime scene photos are still online, but to describe the crime scene, it was extremely bloody. There was blood all over the floors, the walls, even the ceiling. Courtney 
these sweatpants were at first white like a cream color but after this it turned into like a dark red and pink color just because of how much blood was on her when the police showed up courtney was found laying on the floor holding christian as she was covered all over in his blood all over her pants her shirt and her hair was also drenched in it there was drag marks in the hallway as if like courtney was dragging christian's body across the home it just honestly looked horrific the police obviously take courtney into custody immediately but they also speak with courtney's mother because as i said after checking a phone record she was actually on the phone with her mother during what would have been the murder of christian and so when the police had asked you know courtney's mom what did she hear on the phone call her mom says that all she remembers is a lot of yelling and courtney was going off on christian about lying about something but she couldn't really hear what was going on and she kept on hearing courtney asking christian to leave Phone records also show that at 5.25 p.m., so after everything had happened, Courtney at this point is at the police station, Courtney received a text from her mom telling Courtney to tell the police it was in self-defense and don't say a word to anyone until a lawyer is present. As for Courtney's interrogation, her whole interrogation is four hours long and I'll leave the full video in the description box below and for anybody curious, um, the actual interrogation starts at 19 minutes and 55 seconds. So if you're interested in watching the whole four hours, you should definitely, I highly recommend it because I think it's very interesting. But if you don't want to sit through a literal whole Avengers film, I'm just going to sum up the highlights of of what was going on. Courtney's interrogation began on April 3rd, 2022 at 7.36 p.m. At the top of the interview, she's left alone in the room and she immediately starts crying on the table, praying to God and saying, quote, please, please God, my dogs, please God, let Christian be okay. And also said, quote, please God, it's not going to work out, but God, please let me talk to him again. About 20 minutes in, the police walk in and the first thing Courtney says is, quote, my apologies for being absolutely effing covered in blood. For the next 15 minutes, the police then ask her simple things like her name, her age, etc. When she's describing a little bit about herself, she says that her and Christian had a very loving relationship. They would travel a lot together and they actually just moved there recently from Austin, Texas, and they've been together for about two years. And at this point, the police are asking Courtney if she knows of like any family with Christian because since Christian is in the hospital, they need to inform his family of what's going on and to this, Courtney says that Christian doesn't really talk about his family so much, so that means she doesn't really know his family very much. She doesn't even remember his mom's name because she only met her four times in the span of two years. She says that she doesn't really talk to his mom that much, but if you looked in Christian's phone, there would definitely be contact info in there. And then furthermore, when discussing their relationship, she said that they did indeed have a very loving relationship, and although their relationship could be rocky at times, they still planned on moving in a house together and then about 37 minutes into the interrogation she starts to cry to the police and say that she wants to go to the hospital and she wants to see her dogs now this is the first time that she is crying when talking about everything just think it's very weird that you know when you're watching this the only time she cries is when she's talking about her dogs like when she talks about christian there's no emotion really but as soon as she 
she's talking about her dogs, that's when she really starts to cry. So it kind of just shows you who she values more. And it wasn't until 45 minutes into the interrogation where she actually begins to tell the police what happened that day. She says that the day started off normal, but most of the day was honestly just a blur. She said she was doing laundry, she was on Instagram Live, he took out the dogs, and then he came back with Subway sandwiches. Courtney said that when Christian got home, Courtney asked Christian if he planned on turning his location back on, and he said, quote, oh, well, I turned it off a couple days ago when you said you were done with me. And Courtney goes, quote, oh, well, fair enough, just turn it back on. This actually sparked up an argument where Christian was saying that he would turn on his location. Courtney wanted him to turn on his location right that instant. So Christian attempts at spinning it back on Courtney of like, well, why do I need to turn on my location, but you're not turning on your location? And Courtney replies with, quote, well, what if I was somewhere you don't want me to be? And then this started up a huge argument and this argument ended up with Courtney taking one of her kitchen knives from a kitchen block that was nearby and she held it up to him. And she says that most of this moment is a blur, but she does say that she didn't specifically stab him. She just kind of threw the knife at him and it just so happened to land in his chest. And again, during this portion of the interrogation, she is not crying or showing any emotion. She is explaining the stabbing of another human being as if it was just nothing to her. 54 minutes into the interrogation, she cries again. She wipes off her ankle and then on her ankle, there's still dried up blood. And she starts crying when she sees the blood on her ankle and begs the police to give her a shower. She just is acting very disgusted by how much blood is on her. She's crying because there's blood in her hair, but it's crazy how she's crying when it comes to her well-being, but when it comes to Christian's well-being, she shows absolutely no care or emotion. So about an hour into the interrogation is where the police ask Courtney to basically recollect her story from that day, just to re-explain things and make sure that they got everything down. And to this, Courtney is very annoyed that the police are making her re-say the story and even tells them, quote, what do you mean I just told you everything? So clearly she was lying at some point and she forgot what she was lying about. And so now with repeating the story, she's a little on edge, but nonetheless, she does give the story, but now with new details. <laughs> Hey guys, don't worry, it's still me, just in sponsorship mode, thanking the sponsor of today's episode, ZocDoc. Now, personally, I am afraid of doctors, not because of like the actual environment. I just feel like sometimes being at a doctor's office is so intimidating and also trying to find a doctor and not just find a doctor, but find a doctor that takes your health insurance is even more frustrating, where sometimes I just kind of feel like resorting to my group chats and just being like, hey, what does this mean? 
mean, but you don't really get much medical advice in your group chat. But thanks to ZocDoc, all those problems are gone. Thousands of medical professionals on ZocDoc are there to help you. They listen like a friend and give you the expert care you need. There are better ways to get the answers you want and the care that you deserve from trusted professionals and not just random people on the internet. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. When someone is extremely good at what they do, it could be a waiter, a chef, or a doctor, you know you're in good hands. On ZocDoc, finding the doctor that is right for you is seamless, and the quality care you need is just a few taps away in the ZocDoc app. There's nothing worse than getting to a doctor's appointment expecting to be the center of attention, and then your doctor seems like they are having other things to do and better places to be, but instead of listening to you and asking you how you feel and helping you along, the doctor is just checking the clock. But on ZocDoc, you'll find quality doctors who focus on you, listen to you, and prioritize your care. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors with patient reviewed and take your insurance are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. When you are not feeling your best and just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up all your energy. That's where ZocDoc comes in. Using the free app that millions of users rely on, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. Book an appointment with just a few taps on their app and start feeling better with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com behind and download the ZocDoc app for free, then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That is ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash behind, ZocDoc.com slash behind. And thank you to ZocDoc for sponsoring today's episode. Now back to your episode. She says that the prior week she had broken up with Christian and because of that, her mom had flown into Florida for six days just to comfort her. She said a couple days ago, they had a conversation and decided to get back together, but they can't touch each other out of anger and no gaslighting. Those were like their two rules before getting back together. At this point of April 3rd, she says that they were still together and he was living in the apartment and she was just happy to have him back. Then she explains the day of April 3rd. She says that Christian rode his bike to get Subway sandwiches and walk the dogs. During this portion of like the actual argument, she becomes very choppy. She tends to take deep breaths a lot. She tends to fiddle her thumbs or play with her hair. And it's assumed that she's doing this basically to dance around details. And she's purposely missing very big gaps in the story. And when they ask her about these big gaps, she just replies with, quote, I honestly don't remember. She then goes on to say that she did indeed stab him, but it was out of self-defense and she thought that he was going to hurt her, but she had no intention of using the knife when she picked it up. She says that when he fell, she started dragging him from room to room, trying to find something to stop the bleeding with. While she's dragging him from room to room, Christian is yelling at her to call someone, so Courtney calls her mom. 
mom and then her mom then told Courtney to call 911. She then calls 911 and I'll leave the whole 911 call linked down below but throughout this call you can hear Christian yelling at Courtney in the background to apply pressure to the wound. He's also saying that he doesn't feel his arm and that he feels like he's gonna die. Then about two hours and 30 minutes in that is when the police come in and take pictures of her legs, arms, hands, etc and then put her in a hazmat suit because she was complaining multiple times about all the blood on her. She then sits in the room alone sleeping for about an hour. There's two more detectives that walk in and they give the news to Courtney that Christian is dead. Now this is a very pivotal moment in the story. Again if you guys are watching the interrogation this moment is located at three hours and 30 minutes. She is showing more emotion towards what people are going to say and what's going to happen to her rather than the actual death of Christian or how his friends or how his family is going to react to something like this. She never asks about the well-being of his family. She never asks about, you know, seeing him or anything. At one point, she goes from being really sad to really angry and at one point tries to paint it to look like the police weren't doing their job because a security lady was watching her boyfriend bleed out without helping her. Which is very odd because when she was explaining the story earlier, she said that it was just Christian and her in this argument. Where did the security lady come from? Did she just walk into the apartment or did you let her in? And why was she just staring at you and not helping? That doesn't make any sense. And then after this, she then is asked if she wants food. And so she replies with yes. And then her and the detectives leave the room so that Courtney can eat. Don't worry, it's still me just thanking the sponsor of today's episode, Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. I remember when I had to take French in high school, I feel like the vibe was so intimidating, like having to speak in front of people. But now thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you're traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you can actually use in the real world. Their 15-minute lessons make it a perfect way to learn a new language on the go. And contrary to other language learning apps that use AI for their lesson plans, Babbel's lessons were actually created by over 100 language experts, and their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. You can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German, and Babbel's speech recognition technology that helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can also access podcasts, games, videos, and stories, and even live classes. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash behind. That's babbel.com slash behind for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. And they decided to do an autopsy on Christian's body. And when examining his body, from what I said earlier, Courtney claimed that she held up the knife without the intention of using it. But when Christian started to get super close to her, she got scared. So she threw the knife at him and the knife just so happened to land in his chest and hit a major artery. Now, during the autopsy, they saw that this was not a distant stab wound. This was a powerful and downward knife thrust 
thrust and it actually went three inches deep into his chest and punctured a vital artery near his heart which then led to him bleeding out excessively and later passing away after 72 hours that is when courtney was unfortunately released with no charges and her lawyer frank preto said quote People are pointing fingers without knowing all the facts. In today's climate, what someone says automatically becomes a fact. We need to wait for the facts to come out. Now, mind you, Frank said this prior to the interrogation footage being out. So you can easily see from the interrogation footage all you really need to know. You can clearly see Courtney was in the wrong. So basically, this time period where nothing really was being released yet, it did give her lawyer a little bit of room to try to protect his client before everything coming out all at once. Christian's family also hired a lawyer named Larry and their lawyer said, quote, all they're looking for is justice. We know the suspect that was involved in this incident has not been arrested. I'm confident in having had a meeting with the state attorney's office that they were very attentive. Now, eventually, Courtney does indeed get arrested, but how does she get arrested? What leads up to the arrest? So once Courtney was released, this created an uproar, considering she walked into the station covered in Christian's blood all over her clothes, her hands, her hair, and although she was very emotional, when she was talking in the interrogation about the stabbing of Christian, she was still released. And although she may have been remorseful in the moment, her actions afterwards definitely said otherwise. A day after Christian's death, she had actually posted X-rated content on OnlyFans. And I'm not sure like about the ins and outs of OnlyFans. I'm not sure if you can kind of do what you do on YouTube where like you can uh, schedule a a post to be uploaded at a specific time and it's like an automatic thing but either way she did indeed post the very next day after his death and on april 8th five days after murdering her boyfriend she went out to a bar with her dad and while she was at this bar a person confronted her about the murder and actually filmed a video of them confronting her in this video you see courtney and her dad courtney was all dressed up in like hair and and makeup and she had like a hat on and she was basically just acting as if nothing happened when someone came up to her and confronted her about it she immediately left to go back to her room who was recording her saying like you're a murderer how could you do this he was an innocent human being and she turns and says quote he tried to kill me which is very, very insensitive because Christian is dead. And it's also very insensitive how she claims that Christian was trying to kill her, but when they looked at Courtney's body, they found no defensive wounds left on her, as if Christian wasn't even touching her to begin with. And it was also very crazy during this time because Courtney's lawyer was basically trying to get the public on her side. So he was saying things like, oh, Courtney is so remorseful of what she has done. She can't even get out of bed. She's so depressed. And then the next day she literally pops up at a bar with her dad. And so in order to understand what actually happened on April 3rd, the police decided to take it a little bit backwards and go to April 1st, 2022, the day that Courtney 
Courtney and Christian got back together. During this time, police body cam footage was released of Courtney two days before the murder, calling the police about abuse that Christian was inflicting on her. The reports also claim that at the end of March 2022, Courtney had kicked Christian out, but they rekindled their relationship on April 1st. But even though they had rekindled their relationship on April 1st, that same exact night, Courtney had called the police making a domestic abuse report on Christian, saying she feels unsafe around him. Now, there is body cam footage, like police body cam footage of this whole interaction that I, again, will leave linked down below. She frequently repeats herself as if to affirm, you know, like to the police what was going on and to ensure that they're listening. And at one point, she even gets angry at the police and says that they aren't listening to her and basically just makes it a huge fuss and says that no one is allowing her to speak her story. She also says that she wishes to be exonerated, which if you guys don't know what exonerated means, it basically means to be released from any blame or wrongdoing of a situation. And during this footage, the police also say that it seems like Courtney was a little bit intoxicated when she was having this conversation with them. An arrest warrant was made and on the arrest warrant, it said, quote, Arguments began almost immediately, with police responding and contacting the defendant, Courtney, who appeared intoxicated when she made the report on the evening of April 1st, 2022. And another piece of evidence also came forward that really pointed Courtney as the abuser, and this was probably the biggest piece of evidence that they had received. On February 21st of 2022, elevator footage from the apartment building showed that Christian is calm and collected, but as soon as the doors to the elevator shut, Courtney starts attacking Christian. And I just want to give a warning. Again, it will be linked down below if you want to watch it, but it is very, very hard to to watch because you can tell Christian wants to defend himself. He wants to hit her back, but he doesn't. He just keeps his cool and instead of actually attacking her, he instead just tries to defend himself against her. There's another part in the footage where she goes into the elevator and she hits the elevator button so hard that it almost breaks it before Christian walking into the elevator, I'm assuming to like ease things over and try to talk about things. But again, as soon as the elevator doors shut, shut, she starts pulling at his braids and mostly just going for the face mostly. And the whole time Christian is like sort of leaning his body against the doors as if he is trying to get out. And obviously he is in a lot of danger right now. So it is understandable why you would want to get out of that elevator as soon as the doors open. And this video absolutely broke the case with one of the officers even saying, quote, I think if they didn't have the elevator video, she might have had a fighting chance of self-defense. On August 10th of 2022, four months after the murder, which is crazy to me. Like, are you joking? Courtney came into the police station admitting to the murder covered in blood. I mean, the crime scene is horrific, yet it took them four months to arrest her and just to say, okay, maybe she did something wrong. And nonetheless, four months later, Courtney is finally arrested in her hotel room in Hawaii and she was allegedly there on a mental health retreat to help her substance abuse issues and PTSD. 
PTSD. The police also found Courtney had an open arrest warrant on her from a 2015 public intoxication case in California. As far as her trial, since Courtney was claiming self-defense, her lawyers backed that up. Courtney's lawyers claimed that at the time of the crime, Christian and Courtney were broken up and they didn't share the apartment because it was in Courtney's name, which in my personal opinion, it probably was because, as I said, Courtney was making a million dollars a year. So, of course, the place would be in her name if she was the main breadwinner. That does not mean that Christian wasn't living there. And even if you walk into the apartment, Christian's, like, things were all over the bedroom. Christian's food was in the fridge. Like, Christian lived there. So, although his name wasn't on the actual paperwork, that meant really nothing. But Courtney's team also made claims saying that Christian was stalking Courtney for weeks and not living in her apartment and even went as far as saying that since Christian's name wasn't on the paperwork, every time he entered the home, he was technically committing a felony by entering without Courtney's permission several times on the day of April 3rd and the days prior. Which again, in my opinion, Christian is dead. Why are you trying to paint him as the villain? Why are you trying to charge him with things? Furthermore, why this makes no sense is because Christian had Courtney's dogs. And as I said during the interrogation, Courtney would not cry when she was talking about Christian or even stabbing Christian. But as soon as it came to the well-being of her dogs, Courtney started crying, meaning that Courtney held her dogs like her children. They were her pride and possession. And Christian had taken her dogs out for a day, like for a walk that day. And so, so if Courtney trusted Christian with her dogs, her children, it is, you know, assumed that she trusted Christian as well. It also says in response to that, that Christian was let into the home by Courtney and even brought sandwiches for them, which wasn't a surprise because on her Instagram live, she said, I'm going to go eat my sandwich. And Courtney's team even tried to argue that they weren't together at all, like just in general, because on Courtney's OnlyFans bio, it read, quote, proud Texan, full-time fitness model and foodie living with my two dogs, Jesse and Ranger. I just moved to Miami, so I need your positive vibes. Big scary change for this little Texas girl. But this was dismissed because for those who don't know, people never put that they're in a relationship on OnlyFans unless that relationship is a part of their OnlyFans. And this doesn't just go for OnlyFans, this goes for in general, a lot of people who do sex work or in the sex work industry never disclose personal relationships because it's bad for business like if you see someone that you're interested in if they're taken that means that there's no possibility to be with them therefore people later lose interest and even on Courtney's Instagram there were no pictures ever of her or Christian further proving that she was purposely keeping her relationship a secret because as I said earlier in the interrogation she said that her and Christian had been dating for two years and their relationship was actually pretty good and loving and they traveled a lot and they shared a home together. While the court was trying to basically dismiss everything that Courtney's team was throwing at them, Courtney's team decided to take it a step further and try to get Christian's body exhumed to re-examine the injuries, but at this time he was already buried. And because of like religious reasons and also just due to the family's wishes, they didn't want to get Christian's body re-dug up 
because that is very re-traumatizing. It just seemed like Courtney's team was trying every single angle to stall the situation and Courtney's lawyer also asked to halt evidence by state attorney's office but before the judge examines them. But the court did not want to withhold anything because they also tried to argue that since his name was not on the lease, he didn't live there. Which makes no sense because it's kind of like back in the day when women couldn't own property, only men could, when men bought a house and the woman or the wife lived there, they lived there. Their stuff was there, they lived there, they went there every day, they slept there every night, although their name wasn't on the house because they just weren't allowed to have their name on a house, that doesn't mean that they weren't living there in the first place. And same thing with Christian and Courtney. Courtney's lawyer also presented some text messages of Christian being quote-unquote abusive, but police have even more evidence to prove that Courtney was the abuser. And the Tampa Bay Times even said, quote, several audio recordings made by Omomseli revealed Cleany's unhinged screaming at her boyfriend and on one occasion even used a racial slur against him. Cleany's defense attorneys argued that the recordings, texts, and other evidence were cherry-picked and provided a quote-unquote one-sided snapshot in time. It's not the whole story. Thursday, Courtney's lawyer stressed that Cleany was not the aggressor and is still suffering from trauma associated with her abuse, saying, quote, there is no question she is a victim of domestic violence. Overall, Courtney, in order to to win her case, she has to prove that it was self-defense and that she had no other choice but to stab Christian. But in this case, Courtney did have a choice. Nobody told her to pick up that knife. She was left with no defensive wounds on her body, not even old wounds that would indicate abuse over a long period of time. Courtney did not have to pick up the knife because, as I said, they had gotten into tons and tons of arguments before. And from that elevator footage, it seemed like Courtney was the main aggressor, while Christian was just trying to defend himself against her. And as of today, Courtney is still in prison awaiting trial and on December 8th of 2022 she attempted at being released but was denied. As far as the aftermath of all of this, two months after the stabbing, Courtney had bought a 1.3 million dollar home down the street from her parents house which was a four bed, four bath, a game room, movie rooms, a large hot tub, a pool outside, just like this beautiful mansion she just bought when she was in prison. And unfortunately, when this story came out, it disgustingly brought more people to Courtney's OnlyFans and she ended up making $1.8 million just while awaiting trial before OnlyFans later took down her account. A lot of reports say that Christian was the abuser, but unfortunately, we don't know that. We will never know, but if I had to guess from the elevator footage, from all of their neighbors, from friends, from family, if he did hit her, it would have been out of self-defense or she would have made him that way. I don't think Christian is the type of person to just hit a woman because of his anger. There was definitely a motive or some sort of buildup that led him to that point. And as I was saying earlier, Courtney tried to claim that she didn't stab him. She just threw the knife at him and it accidentally just hit randomly a vital artery and also went three inches deep into his chest, but a Reddit user talking about the case said, quote, 
I used to compete in knife throwing competitions. This girl did not throw that knife and stick him like that. She would, in parentheses, if in fear for her life, be under immense stress. He would have been a moving target. The amount of force and precision necessary to hit someone with a knife and kill them is insane. She would have been better off saying he was coming for her and she stabbed him. This whole knife throwing story is unbelievable. Courtney, to this this day still remains in prison in Florida and her status conference is on February 6th of 2023 to determine her trial date but none of that information is released so we don't know when her trial date is they already set a date but no one really knows I am very very curious to see if Courtney is able to get away with this self-defense line I really hope she doesn't because she deserves to you know receive consequences for her crime. That is the end of today's case. If you guys found this case interesting, make sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you're on YouTube or if you're on Spotify, Apple, wherever you can find podcasts, make sure to rate it five stars because that really helps me out a lot. If you want to follow me on any of my social medias like my Instagram, that will be linked down below as well as my PO box if you want to send me anything and as well as well, all of the research that I use for these videos. So as I said, the interrogation footage, the 911 call, all of those things will be linked down below. Yeah, that is all from me. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Make sure to go outside today, get some fresh air, tell someone you love them, even if that someone is yourself, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.